This is Bet MGM tonight. Join us for live sweats. Yes. Let's go, Kansas State. That was a big balls three. Three minutes ago. Big balls three. Instant reaction. This is an unbelievable thing for me to see. My favorite team, my true favorite team. Less mistress, more side piece. And maybe a few regrettable decisions. Oh, he's got bust written all over him. Gutekind sucks. Jordan Addison ran a 5-3-40, and he's Tristis height. I'd take him. You know what you shouldn't have done? Bet on the Wizards. Yep. Now, live from Washington, D.C., it's Ryan Horvat, Trista Crick, and Nick Ashew. We got people going, getting by the skin of their... Let me try this again. A little bit. It's 10 o'clock. We got people in this room that are winning bets by the skin of their teeth. Trista, you had the under 33 and a half points for Luca. Finished with 33. And had a miss bunny with like... 10 seconds left oh, that was wide open. I yeah. was like, this is where I die. A meaningless bucket when they're up oh. seven points. Thank God you went under on the points and not like points, rebounds, assists because he had my 17 dimes. Yep. My friend did that. On the PRA? Yeah, I just oh. got a text and I think it was, it was 49 and a half. He had 17 dimes and six rebounds. That's 23 alone. Guys, I had a three-leg same game parlay for this Celtics-Cavs game. Celtics won 120-113. Pays out at plus 445. Jason Tatum, 25 plus points. He finished with exactly 25. Wow. Uh, Derek White, over 22.5 PRA. Went over that by like, he was like, I think he has like 26. And then the last one, by the skin of my teeth. Chris Stapps Porzingis, over 20.5 points. He finished with 21. Wow. As close as I could get, and it came through. Goodness. Good God. That was a little too much of a sweat there for me. I'm so, and I debated too with Tatum. I debated going higher in the points. And I was good like, thing you, know you what? didn't. I was like, I'm going to play this safe. I'm going to go at exactly 25. That feels like a good lower spot. I think it paid at like minus 210. So, whew. All right. That's a beautiful thing right there because I Man, took the uh, regular ass number with Jason Tatum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he finished with 25 and he missed I, a layup. This is why I can't bet Jason why not? Tatum. You're 6'9". Dunk the ball, as the great Rob Horvat once said. 6'9", <laughs> dude. Anyway, Dunk the ball. We're going reverse layup. I hate him. I mean, I don't really hate him. I love him. Good dad. Good player. <laughs> but you know what? Not a great bet sometimes. It's sometimes that's, you know. Cost me a lot of money it, the last three I years. I took the alternate. No, I wouldn't have taken that alternate number at minus 210 if it was just on its own. I mean, you got to. That's no. got to be something you got to. Seduce if, oh, by yeah. the juice. If Jason Tatum juice. had that dog in him, I would not be here tonight. I'd be rich. I'd be on a beach right now in Costa Rica because <laughs> Celtics futures the last three years. Jason Tatum MVP futures. Jason Tatum tonight just to score 26 points. And he couldn't even do that. Well, at that. least Jaden Daniels came through for you this year. Yeah, thank God. So but I that. want them all. I want them all. You I, know what? We all do, but it never works out that way. Hey, your Bulls are home. You're keeping at least close with Denver, right? I mean, there's no Jokic, no Jamal Murray. <laughs> they should be able to win this game. Instead, they're down nine. Did you live bet them? No. Oh, no. I thought you said you were going to. I, I considered. Um, it just sat there at six and a half, and I was like, I'm, I'm good, man. Reggie Jackson is cooking them. They're not playing any perimeter defense. What's Reggie Jackson at now? You know, Reggie Jackson. Like 23. Yeah, Reggie Jackson's points have been a great. <laughs> that's a great go-to almost every single night, too. He's ball. I was like, you know, and, and they brought him back. He's he didn't 21. get a whole lot of run last year. No. I was like, what are they doing here? That's uh, he's really going to be the backup point guard? I even asked them that. I saw all the guys uh at Summer League, all the Nuggets, like, scouts and assistant guys on the bench, and I'm like, what's happening? Like, yeah. you guys just rolling out Reggie Jackson? And they're like, yeah. I was like, you just don't want anybody else? <laughs> nope. Not Bruce. You don't want to pay Bruce Brown? Don't have any money to pay Bruce Brown. You guys going to be okay? We got Bruce we're, Brown at home. We're going to be fine. <laughs> we're going to yeah. be fine. 
Seems like they uh, it's working out okay. Yeah, he's like the new Jamal Crawford. Yeah, all of a sudden. I mean, this is who Reggie Jackson used to be. He just didn't really get that chance. It felt like in Denver here. Julian Strother, by the way, six threes last night as a rookie. I think he hit uh, set the franchise record or uh, hit the franchise record, mm-hmm. which was six uh, for a rookie for the Denver Nuggets. Crazy. Two of five tonight from three there. Yeah. So. All right, you guys want to get into some power rankings here, shall uh, we? Yeah. All right, let's get into our power rankings. Ben MGM tonight, power rankings. Yeah, brother. Yeah, talk some football. Reminds me of my uh, truck and put my beer in my truck. <laughs> <laughs> Reminds me of like the I think soup you have to right do the there. last hour of the show with that voice, Tristan. <laughs> I like it. I like it. You know. Guys, you asked me this last night, Nick. You said, Green Bay, if they lose this game to Tommy Cutlets, are you going to drop them out of the power ratings? And you said... I had to. I had to. I mean, they lost to the Giants. They let Tommy DeVito look like Vince Young at Texas last night. He had uh, 80 rushing yards, and uh, he he beat them outright. So they're off the list. On the list, coming in at number 10 for me, as you see here, if you're watching us on Twitch, on YouTube... Uh, I'm going to go with the Minnesota Vikings, and it pains me to do so. And I know that they did not get into the end zone this past Sunday, but they still found a way to win a game 3 to nothing, which is really impressive, especially when you look at what the defense looked like last year. They got cooked by Daniel Jones twice last year, and they make the change at coordinator. They bring in Brian Flores. Really, the personnel, like, they didn't make any huge moves. But, um, man, like, I like some of the guys that they have. I really like that the, uh, the rookie, Pace Jr., He was awesome. He had a sack on a delayed blitz to end the first half, which was huge. He had a pick in that game. He had seven tackles. Um, He was really good. So right now, um, it's hard to... uh it's hard to rag on the Vikings. They're finding ways to win games. Kevin O'Connell was a great hire, it turns out, as head coach. I thought they were cooked when Kirk Cousins got hurt, and then Dobbs looked like, okay, maybe uh, this is going to be a fun story. Now he's been benched, so we'll see if it continues. Um, But right now, they're number 10 over the Green Bay Packers. I dropped the Lions all the way to number 9. Because I don't trust Jared Goff on the road in elements, in windy conditions, crappy conditions. If he's getting pressured, he's just not the same quarterback. And the Lions' defense has kind of come back down to earth. I really like Hutchinson, but uh, don't really love the pass defense. And then offensively, they've taken a step back the last couple weeks. You know, they could still be scary in the playoffs because they could run the ball with Montgomery and Gibbs. But um, I don't trust Jared Goff. Love Ben Johnson. I'm not all the way there with Dan Campbell. I thought it was insane that he was 2-1, to one, plus 200 to be coach of the year. And I know D'Amico Ryans and the Texans lost last week, guys. But C.J. Stroud got knocked out, of, knocked out of the game. They were going against a good defense. I, I don't really fault them. I mean, their win total coming into the season was 5.5. They're already over that, and they have a good chance to win the South. So I would still look at Ryans. Not there with Dan Campbell. So I got to drop the Lions all the way to 9. I put the Bengals in at number 8. Kind of like what I'm seeing from the Bengals and Jake Browning. Really like what I'm seeing from Zach Taylor, who I was never the biggest fan of. But you can't run the Joe Burrow offense without Joe Burrow. So now they're running the Jake Browning offense. And I know that he's not Joe Burrow, but uh, they've scored over 30 points. They're putting up over 400 total yards of offense in both games with Jake Browning. And Joe Mixon out of nowhere has looked really good. And now they're using Chase Brown. But Joe Mixon, I mean, he had 79 rushing yards. He had 21 carries. Um, They're using him. He had three catches, 46 receiving yards. But I love what I'm seeing from Chase Brown. Eight carries. uh, You know, he had the rushing yards. He also had 80 receiving yards on three catches. So uh, Bengals at number eight. Dolphins drop all the way to number seven. That's an embarrassing loss last night. You got a two-score lead. Only a couple minutes left in that game. You're going against a rookie quarterback. And I know you had some injuries and Tyreek got hurt in that game. But he came back in. 
and you have a top five rushing offense, top ten rushing offense, you got to run the ball when you got a two score lead. And I'm more worried about the defense. Losing Phillips sucks. You know, Ramsey's still good, but he's not the corner he was four years ago. Xavier um, Howard got dinged last night. And, uh, you know, I think he's like a number three corner at best. So I got to drop the Dolphins all the way to seven. Bills at number six. This could be going up, though. I uh, still worry about the defense. Not getting a whole lot of pass rush. Von Miller, not the same player. You lose Matt Milano and Trey White. Same stuff we've really been talking about. The injuries suck for them. But offensively, since they fire Ken Dorsey, averaging 32 points per game, they got some big games coming up. I like Josh Allen still. I know that he throws some bad interceptions every week. But, I mean, you see what he could do with his legs. I know he didn't go over the rushing yards prop, unfortunately, for us. But it takes like three four guys to bring him down. Uh, they got to get Diggs going again. And uh, we'll see if it looks as good offensively with Dawson Knox coming back. That means they're probably going to go back to more heavy sets, more two tight end formations. I really like the three wide receiver, four wide receiver sets, and uh, especially if they get digs going here soon. So Bills number six, Chiefs number five. I dropped them to five. Worried about the offense. Rice has looked pretty good. Kelsey's still pretty solid, but they got to figure out who that other guy is, and it's getting late. I don't know that they're going to be able to do that this season. It might be, hey, we got to win with our defense and Patrick Mahomes playing you know, like Patrick Mahomes has the last couple of years. Um, but I, do you trust them on the road? I don't know that I do. And I don't think they're going to get home field advantage this year. I don't think these we games any, are going to We've never seen arrow. them on the road in the playoffs. That's the crazy part. Like if they have to go into Baltimore. And people forget that they were the biggest beneficiary of the Buffalo Bills uh, and Cincinnati, the DeMar Hamlin game. Uh, listen, if it because remember, they didn't give either one of those teams the win. And one of right. those teams were going to get the one seed yeah. in the AFC. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so who got the one seed instead? Yeah. Kansas City. Right. Yeah. Forget about that last year. But, I mean, it's still Andy Reid and it's still Mahomes. I won't be shocked if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl. I also uh, won't be shocked if they get bounced in the divisional round in the first round. And next year, you know, maybe they got to go out and they got to either draft another wide receiver. I really like some of these rookies that are coming out. but uh, Or they got to spend some money. But I got Probably the Chiefs both. still top five. Eagles at number four. We talked about this. Like the linebacker position's been a mess. Brad Bur- Brad. Bradbury got paid, and he's given up a 104.6 passer rating, which I keep looking at because I find that crazy. He gave up a 51.8 mark last year, and he got paid, and you worry about like the slot corner position. You worry just really about the defense for the Eagles and also about Jalen Hurts' health. He just doesn't look right. The rushing yards, he doesn't have the explosive runs this season. Um, I like Swift, but he's not putting up the numbers that Miles Sanders did last year. And A.J. Brown's kind of been on a milk cart in the last couple weeks. So Philadelphia might be in some trouble, but they're still a top-five team. Um, I got them at number four. Cowboys, number three. Love the defense. Love the offense. C.D. Lamb is a number-one wide receiver, even without a run game. That's why Dak, in my opinion, deserves the MVP, right? Like, Purdy's been great, but he has the run game with Christian McCaffrey. Dak hasn't got that. Tony Pollard's not an every-down back. And Dak's putting up ridiculous numbers with Mike McCarthy calling his plays, we got to remember as well. Defensively, not a whole lot of issues for Dallas other than defending the middle of the field, the linebacker position, but I really like them. Ravens, number two, almost a complete team. First three quarters of every single game, they are a complete team, number one in point differential. But outside the top 22 in the fourth quarter, they just got to close games. They have the pass rush. Roquan's playing good. Patrick Queen's playing like it's a contract year. I like the secondary. Lamar, in my opinion, should be the MVP. Uh, So the Ravens at number two, and then San Francisco number one. Almost a complete team other than the secondary. And with that pass rush, you don't even really worry about the secondary. I think the only team that matches up well against San Francisco will be Dallas, even though they blew them out in that first game this season. And, uh, I mean, like, what's the weakness with San Francisco on the offensive side of the ball? Other than the interior of the offensive line. But if Purdy's getting rid of the ball quick, and McCaffrey's averaging four or five yards per carry, 
you know, they could kind of um, you could uh, take that away. So I like San Francisco. So Vikings ten, Lions nine, Bengals eight, Dolphins seven, Bills six, Chiefs five, Eagles four, Cowboys three, Ravens two. 49ers won. The weird team for me is what do I do with the Cleveland Browns? I can't have mm. them in the top 10 right now. Um, even though I... You want to. I, you I, want I lo- to. I love the defense. I really like the Browns when they're at home. Their home road splits are crazy, especially the defense. They're like a top 5 unit at home, and then like outside the top 10 on the road. And Joe Flacco could still make the throws, but how long does this last? Um, can we rely on Joe Flacco to do this the rest of the season? Like, we've done this with a couple of these backups, right? Dobbs look good. Aiden O'Connell look good. And I know Flacco's, you know, pushing 40 years old, and he's got the Super Bowl ring. He's got the resume. But uh, let's see. Let's see how this how this goes the next couple weeks. I'm surprised if you're looking at defenses in even that 10 spot, putting the Vikings there with their quarterback issues, Nick Mullins is going to start, that you would trust. So that you're saying you trust Nick Mullins more than Joe Flacco then to no, put him there. No, no, definitely not. Um, I mean, that's – yeah, no. Like what, what, what makes you like the Vikings? At number 10? At, better than like putting the better Browns the there. Browns. Uh, just, I like that the Vikings are in the NFC. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like as far as in, in the AFC, can I put the, who do like, everything's kind of like. Based around the available spots instead of just like pure power rankings in terms of like. I mean. Skill and, and like competitive nature without divisions. I mean, like the Vikings right now have the top 10 defense. So do the Browns. And yeah, I, I guess maybe. I trust the Vikings a little bit more play calling wise. I don't know though. I mean, Stefanski. If the Browns were in the NFC, I'd probably. If the Browns are in the NFC, I'd probably have them number ten because Minnesota's most likely going to get in. I mean, Green Bay really screwed themselves last night. They still have some winnable games. It might come down to actually Minnesota Green Bay, which is either Week 17 or Week 18. I think Week 17 that might be the game. But right now, I mean, they won a game where they only gave up three points, and uh, I mean. They have Justin Jefferson. I know he's out right now, but if they could get him back, you have Jordan Addison. I don't know. It's funny that you you're you're looking at the Vikings as glass half full, and I see it glass half empty because yeah. you see it as hey they won a game three nothing. I look at it as they won a game they shut out a team and they could only score three points in that game. So it's just it's all based on perspective. I think with and really the back end of a lot of these is where you can kind of, like there's a lot of teams I feel like from like the eight to 12, 13 range, all those teams are, like, not interchangeable, but it's like you kind of have to decide where, what you're going to weigh, right? What do, do you, you like? like the defense more? Is the quarterback or play calling or the schedule? Well, I wouldn't put – for me, I wouldn't put schedule because I just – I look at it as the team, not, like, what their potential is to be wherever at the end of the season. But, like, the NFL's got a lot of parity right now, but some of it also just feels like I'm kind of agreeing more and more with Tom Brady and, like, mediocrity. Yeah, it does. it does feel like – at the end of the the back end of the power rankings, you're kind of just picking your poison. Yeah, yeah. And you're you're going on potential as well. You're going a little bit on. It's like a lot of the teams momentum. are like the same mm-hmm. team, you yep, know? Like, they are. Yes. It's 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 backup quarterback play, and and that's what makes it so tough. Like the first five, like the top six teams, that's yep. where it's fun. And yes. then the back end, you're like, okay, this could change. I mean, last week I thought maybe Green Bay could run the table. Now I won't be shocked if they lose out. Yeah. I mean, I've had Houston in it for a couple of weeks at ten, and you know, spoiler alert. I'm not going to have them there. All right. Trista's power rankings coming up. Mine as well. What the back end of each one of our power rankings looks like. And we'll see who anybody has a different number one team. It's BetMGM tonight. 
The winning trifecta is Ryan Horvat, Trista Crick, and Nick Ashu. All three will be right back on Bet MGM tonight, presented by Bet MGM, live from BetQL. Yeah, he's fifty to one at Bet MGM. Wow, four games would be enough time if they make a run. This was the team that was supposed to. He's they're going to be so bad. He's going to handpick his quarterback for the future. They were not supposed to be in this at all. Mm-hmm. Boy, it could he could enter that conversation. Like he's in the range of Lafleur and Tomlin. He should not be in the range of Lafleur and Tomlin. I don't think. No, not at all. Wow. So there's, yeah. I mean, there are 30s out there, but there's a 50. So it, that's the only team that could could do something scary, right? That could get mm-hmm. in that you have some belief in. Absolutely. Definitely there. I mean, you know, the receivers are still healthy. The Kyron Williams aspect has made them even more dynamic. And certainly, you know, our friends and experts and pundits who watch the Rams carefully, who really know ball, have talked about how they are able to disguise so many different things. We talk about unpredictable offenses. Well, the Rams Mm -hmm. are high on that list when it comes to having one pre-snap look and then giving the defense something completely different. And you've got a veteran quarterback in Matt Safford. As long as he can stay healthy, he knows how to run this offense. He's been there long enough. They are more and more fun to watch by the week. And I wonder if that matters in terms of just being aesthetically pleasing to the game. Aaron, it's Washington, New Orleans, New York Giants, and then week 18 is against San Francisco, but they might have the one. You know what I mean? Nothing to play for. Mm-hmm. Man, that I like it. Because you don't want to have a situation like of Joe Flacco, comeback player of the year, where you miss the number. So if you do think that uh, Sean McVay... <laughs> Paul like squirms every time we bring up Joe Flacco's name now. Yeah, right. (laughs) We're like Aaron Lennon. Giving him so much anxiety right now. Like, I I love it. Look, one thing about the Broncos, man, they, they've been a tough out. You know, they've uh, they've created a lot of turnovers within the past, you know, five games or four games. You know, uh, I want to say they're are they six and six and you know six and seven in their last, you know, uh, out of the last seven games, right? They won six out of the last seven. You know, at first they was giving up. I want to say thirty six points per game. 
on defense, and they've literally only been giving up 17 points. This team is a tough out. They're playing good defense. They're turning the ball over. And, uh, you know, Russell Wilson is making, you know, good sound plays. Now, I guess Houston obviously threw three interceptions. So, you know, that kind of hindered him a little bit. But at the end of the day, this team is playing fantastic, right? Now, obviously, if you look at things objectively, you think, and we know the Lions are a better team. They're absolutely a better team, for sure. They have more talent. They're a better team. But at the end of the day, I think you just can't discount the way that the Broncos are playing and how hot they are right now and what the kind of streak that they're on. You know, ultimately, they got to go in Detroit and win the and win a football game, right, which is tough. Okay, the, the Lions are a tough team, and the Lions are actually one of the best teams in the NFC and in the NFL. So it's going to be a tough game. But uh, I can, you know, I can absolutely see the Lions still winning. You know, I think the Broncos could still, you know, after the last four games, I think they can win three of them. Got Patriots, Chargers, Raiders, Lions. I can think they can go three out of four, you know, and end up being, what, 10 and seven. I can absolutely see that. I think that can happen. Um, but the Lions going to have to bring their lunch pail to work because the, the Broncos won't be an easy out. Now, back to Bet MGM tonight. Here are Nick Ashu, Trista Crick, and Ryan Horvat on the BetQL Network, presented by Bet MGM. Knee deep in the power rankings, and we got teams that are trending up. We got teams that are trending down late in the year. My favorite is teams that are trending up right now, guys, because those are the teams you bet on in the playoffs. Yeah. You want them riding that wave as we get in. Yes, Ride that sir. wave, baby. Ride that wave. Recap your uh, your top ten real quick, Ryan. So San Francisco comes in at number one for all the obvious reasons. They're pretty much a complete football team. Brock Purdy looks like he could be the MVP this season. I don't think he should be. I think it should go to our guy Dak or Lamar, preferably. But uh, 49ers look really damn good right now. So do the Ravens. You know, outside of the fact that they really struggle to close out teams, but they're winning games. They could be 13-0, though. Uh, love Lamar Jackson. Love that defense. So got to put Baltimore number two. Cowboys number three. Almost a perfect team, except for they got blown out earlier this season by the Niners. They split with the Eagles. We need to see them win another big game, but I like them at number three. Eagles four. Chiefs five. Bills six. Dolphins seven. Bengals eight. Lions number nine. Vikings number ten. And uh, the team that I have on this list that I think could move up here would be the Buffalo Bills at number six. Buffalo and Baltimore, those are my AFC teams moving forward the rest of the way. Nobody else will be in the Super Bowl. It's going to be one of those two teams. <laughs> I think it's going to be Baltimore right now, but you never know. Buffalo could get hot here, and I want it. I want it for the fans. They deserve it, man. Bills Mafia, you guys deserve it. Yeah. I love Bills Mafia. I think also what you could see is maybe a Bills-Ravens playoff game here in Baltimore, which would be sick oh, for Oh, that would be great. Josh Allen against us. Lamar. Yes. Oh, my God. Those, like, oh, God, yeah. Like, But you have to – I lean Baltimore, obviously, like is the team that makes the run because of the defense. And the Bills spent so much money on that defense the last couple of years. But, like, the safeties are old now. I love Micah Hyde. And, you know, Poyer's been dinged up, and Von Miller just doesn't really look good, which is crazy because last year, the first eight weeks of the season, he had seven and a half sacks, and then he got hurt. He just looks like he's lost a step. So we'll see. You know, uh, offensively, though, things have been much better since they fired Dorsey. 32 points yeah. per game. It's been, yeah. a, been a huge difference. Speaking of offensively, things have gotten a lot better for my number 10 team. The Broncos? Yeah! Oh, no! Yes, you and me forgot about that. <laughs> the Broncos have cracked my top 10. I think they're going to make the playoffs, aren't they? Like, that was shocking for the team that looked like they were maybe worse than they were going to be with 
uh, with our man Nathaniel Hackett, it looked really bad. Really, really bad for Russell Wilson. It looked really bad for Sean Payton. They gave up 70 points in a single game. And now they've won six of the last seven. And they've beaten some pretty good teams. You know, you've beaten uh, the Chiefs by a bunch, 13 points. You beat the Vikings in a close one. Uh, you had a win. And listen, you probably gifted the Bills this win, or you got this win gifted to you by the Bills. Extra man on the field, but you beat the Bills. Uh, you beat the Chargers, beat the hell out of the Chargers, so they're winning some of these games by a lot. Russell Wilson feels like he's back. The first four games, Russell Wilson ran three times uh, for 17.5 yards per game. The next game, he's averaged eight rushes for 30 yards, so the scampering Russ is back. Yeah. Cortland Sutton has been a beast. He scored touchdowns in seven of his last eight games, 10 out of the last 13 games this season. If you take out the 70 points that they gave up to the defense— the Broncos actually ranked number five in opponent points per game. So I got to put the Broncos in the top ten as much as it pains me. Uh, I took out the Lions. Lions do not crack, crack the top ten. Uh, Bengals, Bengals come in at number nine. Yeah. Uh, this is just a very resilient team. They've been to the AFC championship, team, uh, AFC championship game two times in a row, right? They're not packing up shop just because Joe Burrow gets injured. They now go and get Jake Browning or have Jake Browning, and he looks pretty good. We all thought that the team revolved around Joe Burrow and Joe Burrow only, but no. The Chase Brown, we talked about him. He's been a revelation as a rookie, and all of a sudden, Joe Mixon looks better. And listen, like the offense moving pretty well, but also the defense is stepping up for Jake Browning. So Bengals come in at number nine. Uh, this one, I know that we had a discussion right before break, but I put Browns in at number eight, uh, number one defense in the NFL. If Joe Flacco is the Joe Flacco, and I. I think maybe he could be that we saw last week. 311 yards, three touchdowns, best quarterback performance of the week. Big tight end game for Njoku. So crazy. Pretty easy schedule down the stretch with the Bears, Texans, Jets, and Bengals. This is a scary football team if they get into the playoffs. If if Joe Flacco, and we know what Joe Flacco is in playoffs, in playoff games, really, really good. Yeah. Elite. Joe, Joe Flacco's elite quarterback. Yeah, he's elite. He says he feels like a kid again. Can't believe we're doing this again. I, know, I love it. I know. So he happy. feels like a kid again. And I feel like a kid again watching Joe Flacco. Miami, to me, comes in at seven. The Tyreek Hill injury really illuminates how bad the Dolphins can be without him on the field. This offense just doesn't function the same. When he's not there, keeping defenders honest, you can basically stack the box. You can make Tua beat you. And and really the problem is this offensive line. It's in crisis mode. Connor Williams is out. Offensive line gave up five sacks to uh, in this last game to the Colts. Should have been more. And we're not talking about the Titans' pass rush either. They're 13th in the NFL. We're not talking about some elite pass rush. Uh, Austin Jackson is the only remaining starter on the offensive line from week one. So we know that they can score, but if Tua doesn't have any time, we know he gets the ball out quick. But if he doesn't have two seconds, like this offense, even with all their weapons, is anemic. And defensively, they're losing guys left and right as well. Phillips is out. Kind of feels like the hard knocks curse. I still like Miami, and if they have home field advantage through the playoffs, like maybe I feel differently, but I'm going to need to see Tyreek Hill get fully healthy and Tyreek uh, and Tua have some time. Number six to me is Kansas City. This is just not a serious team. They 
Like you said, Ryan, I could see him getting bounced out of the first round. I could see him winning the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. Mahomes is t- sick and tired of the nonsense on this uh, for in terms of his weapons. MVS doesn't catch the ball. Kadarius Tony is always doing clown behavior type of things. Everybody went pretty much full-on heel in this last game. Uh, he's having a temper tantrum. And I think that the receivers just make everyone worse. Um, this is a team that I need. I think needs home field advantage, and I don't think they're going to get it. They're 2-4 and four in their last six games, including bad losses to Denver and Green Bay. They have a very easy uh, road down the stretch. Patriots, Raiders, Bengals without Burrow, Chargers without Herbert. But, like, if they lost two of those games, like if they lost to the Bengals and the, I don't know, Patriots, would you be shocked? Probably a little shocked, but I think they could definitely lose to the Bengals. I'm just out on Kansas City. I just can't trust them. Number five for me is Philadelphia. This defense is a problem. I get It went from best defense in the NFL to 16th in the league in DVOA, 23rd in pass DVOA. They gave up 354 yards to Dallas, and I know Dallas is a pretty good offense, but they're giving up 260 yards, period, right now, passing, which is fifth worst in the NFL. 25 points per game giving up is fifth worst as well like they're just not very good defensively and their offense has fallen to eighth so if they're not potent offensively and like you said they're just not the same without Miles Sanders DeAndre Swift has kind of been a roller coaster they have the 13th ranked passing offense right now in terms of yards per game so like if Jalen Hurts is not firing in all cylinders and the defense can't keep up it gets ugly pretty fast um, so I, I put Philadelphia still in the top five, but kind of a little bit in trouble. Buffalo, ever since they fired Ken Dorsey, they're averaging 33 points per game. They've beaten the Chiefs. They're going to beat the Cowboys this weekend. I'm sorry. And all six are. losses, all six losses this year but were by one score or less. Two of those were heartbreakers, right? Xavier Gibson ran the punt for a touchdown in OT. Yeah. Extra man on the field against the Broncos. And the Eagles win on the last second field goal. So I like Josh Allen. I like this team a lot more without Ken Dorsey. Dallas comes in at number three. Is Dak an MVP? Probably look at the numbers. Seven and one in his last eight games. But again, I can't figure out what this team is. They can play defense, but can they play defense against really high potent offenses? I don't know. I don't know if they're just the Dolphins of of the NFC. If they have home field advantage, great. If they don't, I'm a little bit more sketched out. I love this Baltimore team. They come in at number two. They're a monster. Like you said, Ryan, they should be undefeated. Uh, Lamar, seven and one in his last eight games. Offense is cooking because of him. They're actually one of the best rushing teams in the league right now, and they lost J.K. Dobbins. So yeah. this team is mean. Uh, top five in defense, uh, top five in, in offense. <sighs> That's ridiculous. And then number one, Niners. We already know what time it is. They're just the most complete team in the NFL. They're probably the only elite team that you can really say is there. Yeah. It's funny. Like, anybody, like, you know, I'll talk, like, to my dad, anybody, like, the show, any other show, everybody's like, yep, it's the Niners. Yep. Niners are the best team. But Baltimore is so damn close. It's They're very like, close. You know what I mean? It's just, um, I don't. It's just like you watch them every week, though. And, I don't and think it's. As, I don't think it's that close. Like you mean? I just think. I just think. San, offensively, at least, San Francisco is head and shoulders above Baltimore. I mean, they just yeah. have so many more weapons. Yeah. And so much more versatility defensively. That's maybe a different conversation. But they I make it up for every big game. Is and the, you know and, what I mean? Like, yeah. There's just. And they're shredding teams. San Francisco, yeah. when healthy, has been there's, a buzzsaw. There's literally no way that you could stop them unless Brock Purdy uh, can't throw a ball. Like, yep. unless he can't throw a yep. forward pass, like we saw in the NFC Championship Or Debo game. is right. missing and Trent Williams is like, missing. Like, he's, he's knocked off. The, there's no, like, system quarterback thing. And we talked about this the other night. And granted, like, when C.J. Beathard was there, it wasn't this 49ers team. But 
He didn't even complete 60% of his passes, 55% of his passes. He went 2-10. and 10. So, like, Purdy is good, and he's pushing the ball down the field, and there's no way that you could stop San Francisco. If you play zone defense, they're going to kill you. If you play man defense, Debo's going to go off for, like, three touchdowns and 200 yards, or Kittle's going to kill you. You know, like, there's... Even if Trent Williams gets dinged or something. Well, actually, that's the that's, that's the only thing. That's the thing that really hurts them the most. We everybody saw the else gets hurt. Made. They're probably fine. Like, if they lose Debo, they still have Ayuk. Obviously, you want everybody, you know. Um, it's going to be interesting, like, if they just keep rolling, too. Like, they're 13.5-point favorites this week. If they build early leads, they might be a team that's resting guys down the stretch. Mm-hmm. I mean, you obviously want the one seed. You want everybody coming to San Fran. But, man, even if the Niners, they're not going to have to go on the road, even if they did have to go on the road, I would feel great about them on the road. We've seen them do it at Lambeau Field in cold weather conditions. Even five though and three on the road this year. Yeah. yeah, they're a good road team. I mean, yeah. I think the team that matches up, again, the team that matches up, I think, with San Fran the best is Dallas if they ever learn how to defend the middle of the field. And that comes down to Dan Quinn, um, you know, doing his job. He does that. He's going to be a head coach next year if he wants to. I wouldn't hire him, but. I would rather get a nice he finds young a way offensive to beat Kyle. I just want right. him There's to that. continue problem to be the I always DC. About. Like Kyle knows everything about Dan Quinn. Yep. Yep. He thinks he's a a joker. I just I don't see anybody beating. I don't. I just don't see any team that can stop the 49ers at this point. I also feel like nobody can stop the Denver Broncos. Trista, I am with you. They are my number ten team. They're in the top ten. It's crazy to think of this defense. And where the Broncos are now versus where they were when they gave up 70 to Miami. That week's, I think it was like weeks two through five, mm. gave up 164 points padded by those 70 points. But since week six, just 12 total touchdowns given up. That's over eight games. 19 takeaways for the defense. They've won six of seven. And they've got a really favorable schedule the rest of the way. It's why I love that Broncos bet at plus 520 to make the playoffs. Because after the Lions, the final teams that the Denver Broncos see are a combined 13 and 26. Mm. And that strength of schedule late in the season makes a huge, huge difference for teams. That has nothing to do with why I put them in the power rankings. It's just something to keep in mind. Like that's a really favorable schedule for them down the stretch, but they've turned this thing around. They've figured out one, the chemistry with, with Russell Wilson, Cortland Sutton, that's working. Russell Wilson's kind of in his lane. They figured it out. I don't know if that's a long-term thing, but it's definitely a short-term thing that's working. So the Broncos are in at 10. The Browns are in at number nine for me. I am back in on Cleveland now because one, we know what they can do defensively. We've seen it. But now they've got themselves a former franchise quarterback that's out there again. 311 yards and three touchdowns for Joe Flacco. Guy that was just throwing the ball around with his kids in the yard, wondering (laughs) if he was going to get another chance to play football. I mean, it's unbelievable. The one thing that does suck, though, we missed out on a uh, Flacco revenge game against the Ravens. Browns have already seen the Ravens twice, so we don't get an opportunity to have that. That's one thing I would love to watch. But everywhere Joe Flacco goes... He throws the football a lot. And they don't necessarily need him to do that because the defense is going to handle the heavy workload. But now you've got somebody that you can at least trust in late-game situations, in a playoff game because he's been there before. A lot of experience, played really well, got himself a big contract after he won the Super Bowl with the Ravens. So really good position. Browns trending back up. They're definitely a team where the arrow's pointing all the way up. Same thing for the Bills, too. I've got them in at number 8 right now because just for me, I'm still a little bit concerned about some of the things defensively. I think, Ryan, you mentioned it. They're not getting enough pressure on the quarterback. I'd like to see a little bit more of that. But offensively, they're definitely better. We we can watch and we can see. 
And if they can find ways to continue to get Stephon Diggs more involved, I think that team continues to be in a better uh, better position. And look, it doesn't matter how it ended. They won at Arrowhead. That's a big win. Like, I just, I don't, I don't care how it ended. They won, and that's that's really what matters. So Bills are in at number eight for me. The Lions are at number seven. And this is a team, though, with the arrow going the other direction. They're nine and four, but they're two and two over their last four games. We've watched them turn the ball over a ton. They lost to the Bears. They blew a 21 nothing lead to the Saints, almost. I mean, they won, but you pretty much blew that lead at that point. They have stepped up in the red zone offensively, though. They have been a better team there, and they does look like the the, the Lions have figured out at least what you're going to do with David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs. It, they, they've got their roles. They've got the carries. It seems to be balanced out when each one is going to be out there on the field, and that's really important because those are two great weapons on an offense that has a ton of weapons, but it really comes down to Jared Goff, the turnovers, and really that defense finding ways to at least get some stops. Lions are in at seven. Chiefs in at number six for me. I think we've all kind of gotten to the point where we know what's wrong with the Chiefs, and we've now seen it, and it's glaring, and it's been a massive problem. Yeah. Uh, Rasheed Rice, though, at least. 23 catches, 243 yards, two touchdowns in the past three games. Starting to get more opportunities there, but we all know that the, the main guy you throw the football to is Travis Kelsey, and if he's not involved, you've got the walking brain fart in Kadarius Tony out there that's always making mistakes, and the rest of these guys can't catch the football. So no wonder Patrick Mahomes went off. He's got receivers dropping passes. I mean, all kinds of stuff. So the, the Chiefs are kind of a mess. All right, top five next. Nick, Trista, and Ryan are taking a short break. Stay tuned because there's plenty more to come on BetMGM tonight. Presented by BetMGM. Live from BetQL. I think it's a, it's a tough matchup for the Jaguars based on, you know, kind of their injury situation. They're without, you know, their most important receiver in Christian Kirk on IR. Um, they were down to their fourth left tackle against the Browns. Now there's a chance that, excuse me, Walker Little will come back at left tackle. I think he's um, day-to-day is the last I heard. So there's a chance, but, you know, he's had uh, had an injury just a couple weeks ago, so that's questionable. Um, You're down some guys in the secondary that they're going to try to get back. That's going to be important because, you know, Lamar has proven that he can play from the pocket this year under Todd Munkin. Um, but the biggest thing is going to be just the physicality of that Ravens front. And the Jaguars have really struggled to run the ball as of late. And it's put a lot of pre- even more pressure on Trevor. And I think he's responded. He's, um, he's, he's tough as heck fighting through an injury. And, you know, and he'll, he'll be game. He'll be ready to play. Um, but can, that, can the Jaguars offensive line handle, physical, handle the physicality of a really good front seven who can rush the passer, they're good against the run, and if the Jaguars do what they ended up doing against Cleveland, where they called 57 pass plays, There's, he was sacked four times, he ran three times, and he threw it 50. That's not how this team play. You know, that's not how the game needs to flow if the, if the Jaguars want to beat the Ravens.
Incredible indeed. ESPN again with the call. So Tennessee holds on. They sack to a late. They are the first team to be down by 14 points with under three minutes to play and win a game since 2016. Previous teams in this spot had gone 0 767. So what we saw last night was something we rarely see in the NFL. And Chelsea, you got to be thrilled with this. Well, kind of. But, like, what are the Titans doing winning games right now? We don't need to win games. Like, we're not <laughs> going to make the postseason, so you might as well get a better draft pick. But what I wanted to see in this game is exactly what we saw. Will Levis taking a hold of the offense and getting a chance to play in some meaningful moments. Because that's what the Titans are playing for now. They're playing for the future. They want to see if Will Levis is going to be their quarterback moving forward. Let the conversation continue with Ryan, Trista, and Nick and BetMGM Tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Listen, a win's a win, but that's the one thing that bothers me about the Ravens is that some of their games have to end on a punt return for a touchdown in overtime or you know, these you, you got fourth-quarter comebacks from teams. That, that, that really worries me about the Ravens. That one really worried me because I teased the Ravens. Yeah, that's and what you did. I was like, are they going to lose this game outright to the Rams? Rams are fun, though, man. Yeah. Um, they really are. I, I love Puka. Stafford, when healthy, still pretty damn good. But, man, the Ravens, they just find ways to do it. They were almost – I was close to putting the, Ra Ra the Rams in my top ten. I have not, though. You want to recap both of your top tens real quick? Ryan, yeah. Go? I am going to go with the San Francisco 49ers at number one because they're a really good football team. I'm going to go with the Ravens at number two. Alert. I think that's the best team in the AFC. <laughs> and then I go Cowboys number three, Eagles four, Chiefs five. I still got them in the top five. Just outside the top five, I got the Buffalo Bills. Big game coming up for them against the Cowboys. Maybe they could bump into the top five. Dolphins, we dropped a seven after they blow a two-score lead last night to Will Levis and the Titans. Bengals come back in at eight with Jake Browning behind center playing pretty damn good. And then the Lions and the Vikings, two NFC North teams, round out the top ten. Packers drop to uh, 11. Or maybe actually Packers 12, Browns 11. There you go. Got to nice. include the Browns. And you? I have the Niners as well. Same reason. Best team in football. Most complete. Pretty simple. I think everybody knows it. Best team in the AFC is Baltimore. Really good defense. Really good run game. Todd Munkin has those boys clicking. OBJ's elite. And he's and I really like Zay Flowers, too. I didn't mention him. Dallas, I just put them there because they kind of have to be there. I don't really love them. Uh, defense <laughs> is really good. Offense now looks good, but I don't trust them. Buffalo at four. Ever since they fired Ken Dorsey, they look at a different team. Defensively, not great, but I think they're going to go on a run. Philly, as much as they have all kinds of problems defensively and offensively, they still you go off the pedigree in their resume alone. Kansas City, six. Just not a serious team, but they... Again, they've won Super Bowl after Super Bowl, so you kind of have to keep them there until they see themselves out. Miami, potent offense, defensively looking good, but a lot of injuries. Can they keep Tua healthy and protected? We'll have to see. Browns cracked crack the top eight because Flacco is that good, and the defense is number one in the NFL. Bengals, I think they might make a run with Jake Browning defensively showing up, and they've got the pedigree, been to two AFC championship two, two years in a row. And the Broncos, oh boy, the Broncos. Cracking the top 10 because, well, Russell Wilson is back. 
I went through that exact same thought and said, it's time, Trista. It's time. So I had the Broncos at 10, Browns were 9, Bills 8, Lions 7, Chiefs 6 for me. Now we get into the top five that I have. I put the Dolphins a little bit farther down, put them in at five. Actually, I think, who who had them at seven? Uh, The Dolphins? Yeah, you you had them at seven. Seven. I think Ryan does, too. Yeah, so I actually have them a little bit higher still. Yeah, I got them seven, too. It was a bad loss to the Titans, but like I just still look at that offense and say, if two is healthy and with what Tyreek can do and... There's there's a lot there. I think they need to figure out a little bit more what they're going to do with in terms of carries for HN and Mostert, but you, you still see something there, and the defense was trending upward. But my big concern, obviously, is you know a lot of guys going down last night. They are dealing with injuries, and obviously now you lose Connor Williams, a major part of your offensive line. That's that's a I mean, they blew a 14 point lead with three minutes to go last night. It was bad. There's no question about it. And you do take away a lot of the praise that we had for their defense. It's yeah. like right now it's gone, and some of it is just a numbers game and who they have out there, but. They do have a lot of weapons. They're still fighting for the one seed, so I'm not going to take them out of the top five, but they do. They are a team that I think we still have concerns about, and rightfully so. Pretty much any team in the NFL right now, there is at least something you're concerned about. And real quick, my God, Clay Thompson just had one of the ugliest threes I've ever seen in my life. I mean, that thing just hit the side of the backboard. I pull up three. It was just the Warriors, Clay. the Warriors look like the Monstars came in and just took their talents. It's, it's awful now. All right, Eagles are in at number four for me. I... I don't want to come in and say that the Eagles are frauds just yet. But they may have been lying to us this year just a little bit. I felt that way last... Yeah, it was was last year I think I looked at the Eagles as frauds. And called them frauds. No, no, it was two years ago. Yeah, I remember it was back before we got to this point. Yes, the Eagles were frauds two years ago for me. So I haven't said that in a while about them. But I'm starting to feel that way. The defense has been a mess lately. They've allowed at least 33 points a game in their last three games. All right, Their offense looks slow. It looks lost. I don't understand why they can't counter pressure whenever Jalen Hurts sees it, and he looks lost whenever there's pressure. They have been better on third down. Now, some of that is the fact when it's third and one, third and two, you put your quarterback in that can squat 600 pounds and a center that knows how to clear space, Should and they get it first all game down every single time. So, yeah, they convert that 90% of the time, by the way. My commanders did stop it once. Just want to point that out. That's really the only victory we've had this Hang year. The that's okay. Yeah, and then stop, they sh- Stop the brotherly shove. And then they, I would lo- I, listen, they've got all the off-season banners for all the money <laughs> they've spent on, like, Albert Hainsworth and Adam Archuleta. You might as well do that, too. Easy schedule for the Eagles to wrap up the season, though. So, we may look at a team that looks a little bit better moving forward, gets have some get-right games, and that puts them in a position where they win the division, you get a better seed, but they're probably not getting the one seed. Ravens are in at three for me. They've cut down on turnovers, which is certainly good, but like the, we just talked about this. The closing out of teams has got to happen. You've got to beat the teams that you're supposed to be beating, and you beat the hell out of them if they're a bad team. Like I don't want to see these blown leagues. It, like Lamar's playing like an MVP. Threw for 316, ran for 70 more against the Rams, and the Rams, look, the Rams are a team that's trending upward. They were I was close to putting them into my top 10. But I still just look at this Ravens team and say, you're a lot better than the Rams. That game shouldn't have been that close. You shouldn't be putting teams away, like we've said, and you keep that thing going. If they can do that, they play the 49ers soon, that's going to be a really telling game. And it's funny because we've sat here and we've talked about all these different teams. And, well, they play the 49ers soon. They play the 49ers soon, like the Cowboys. And the Cowboys couldn't beat the 49ers. But they could beat the hell out of the Eagles, which was a major step forward for them. Dak Prescott does look like an MVP. And my my takeaway from that is I see a quarterback that's matured. The game is slowed down for him. 
and this may be who he is now, which is it's, it's great for Dallas because you invested a lot of money in this guy, and there were questions for a while. But you still want to obviously see what happens once you get to the postseason. But they beat that winning team. They're the NFL's top-scoring team right now. Much better in the red zone. Now, remember, that was one of their biggest issues early in the season, red zone offense. Couldn't finish drives, couldn't get into the end zone. Now they are 25 of 38, touchdown-wise, since week five. They got Buffalo coming up. You got Miami. You got the Lions. It's a tough schedule to end the season for the Cowboys. So we will know if the Cowboys are playoff tested by the time they get to the playoffs. But again, every single time somebody plays this team, my number one team, the San Francisco 49ers, when they're healthy, they get their head held by a hand and they just swing their arms like a little brother and they can't do anything because the 49ers are head and shoulders above every other team in the NFL. They are, even if we want to talk about the interior or the right side of their offensive line, which is a problem, no team's perfect. They're overcoming any of that. Yeah. And they got so many weapons, so many guys they can get it to. And Brock Purdy just keeps getting better. Since the bye, too. Think about this. The 49ers had a three-game losing streak heading into the bye. And they have been dominant since then. Since the bye and trading for Chase Young, 22 sacks with a 34.9 pressure rate. That Those 22 sacks are first in the NFL over that stretch. That pressure rate is seventh in the NFL. So now they're getting to the quarterback more. They're still protecting their quarterback. Purdy's getting the ball out of his hands quick. He's making the right throws. And it's also, it's he's completing 70% of his passes because it's not just dink and dunk. It's also accurate throws, yeah. tight windows. He's making the, he has the ability to do that. Yes, would I like to see what he could do if the team's down 10 points in the third quarter? 10 points in the fourth quarter? Absolutely. But if they get out to these early leads and they just know, like, hey, let's get out and just step on a team's neck early so they have no chance at coming back. The Ravens aren't doing that. We haven't seen the Cowboys consistently do that until they played the Eagles. So the 49ers are just like, look, just beat the hell out of teams and then we don't even have to worry about making a comeback. I absolutely love this 49ers team. They just have so much talent. It's so well constructed. And I think the best thing about them, too, guys, is that they're it's just so versatile. These interchangeable parts where you can watch Debo Samuel will go out there and catch you know, eight balls for 136 yards, but yet they're going to be first and goal on the one, and they're going to run him in the end zone. It's just, yeah. it's just something so unique about what they have. Kyle Shanahan is an absolute genius, best offensive mind in the NFL. And they've been there. Like, that's the thing about San Fran, right? Mm-hmm. It's almost like, I mean, it is. It's Super Bowl or bust. I mean, how many more years are you going to be able to keep this team together? And every year, you know, John Lynch does a good job of adding what he needs to add or yeah. going all in. It's like a game of Madden. I mean... Hey, we don't really need Christian McCaffrey, but we have Kyle Shanahan, one of the best, right. you know, run game designers in the world, one of the best play callers. Let's just get him Christian McCaffrey. You know, you already have Debo and you have Brandon Ayuk. Some some of these guys are going to have to get paid here soon. Uh so, yeah, it's like Super Bowl or bust. Same thing with yeah. Buffalo even though they haven't really been right this season. That's I can't wait to watch this Dallas Buffalo game cuz like you said, I mean, We've seen Dallas beat the teams they're supposed to beat, and they beat Philadelphia, but we got that bad taste of that Niners game in our mouth. Yeah. And then, like, kind of the same thing with Buffalo, where they've lost some really close games, some games that they probably should have won, the overtime loss that they had a couple weeks ago. So That was brutal. I can't wait to see, like, one of these teams is for real, and maybe one of these teams are, are paper tigers. Um, and it's going to be awesome. We're going to find out a lot these next couple weeks. But San Fran we seems slug, perfect. I hope we see get a slugfest between you know Buffalo and and I don't mean like a defensive slugfest. I mean like an offensive yeah. slugfest. Same. Just points after points. You know, like kind of like that Chiefs yeah. uh, Bills game in the playoffs where it was like, wow, great defense, but even better offense. Yeah. That's hoping what I'm hoping for. Yeah, like maybe like kind of like a feel out process in the first half, some yep. good defense, but then in the second half, like. Trading scores. That's yeah. kind of what I want to see this weekend, too. But 
We'll find out, man. That's a big game for Buffalo. It's a big game for Dallas, though, too. Dallas wants that one seed, obviously. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, again, they're, the they're unbeaten at home, so that's a, they would much <laughs> rather play in Jarrah's world, that's for sure. Yeah. I mean, if you have to play San Francisco, you definitely want them at your place. Problem is, I mean, and this was the reason everybody liked the Niners coming into the year. They played the easiest schedule outside of the Saints, who couldn't take advantage because Derek Carr is no good. I mean, there's a legitimate – if they were have stayed healthy, they would be unbeaten. Yes. Niners. And even if, like, let's say they had just Trent Williams out or just Debo, it was that everybody was gone at the same time, mm -hmm. and it just limited so much of what they were able to do. They're, the Niners are a machine, and they need the pieces. They need, like, 90% of those pieces, yeah. any of those pieces, to be in existence. And you start getting less than that, and you start to see why they're so successful. All the individual pieces are awesome. But as a machine, they're unbeatable. And that'll be interesting yep. to see what they do week 18. If they're in a spot to have the one seed, do they consider resting some guys? How do they handle that? Because they would be nice to have it, but they're a good road team too. Like, what do you sacrifice and what do you weigh? Yeah, oh, Phoenix down. Well, they're going to have the coaching advantage in every game, at least in the yes, NFC playoffs. Yeah. Probably the AFC, unless they see the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. That'd be great. I mean, we've already, we've already too. seen Harbaugh, it. though, too. Yeah, but this is different now. It's Brock Purdy. It's no longer Jimmy G. Give me a Ravens 49ers I Super Bowl. I need it. That's, I need hey, it. Although I kind of want my Bills 49ers Super Bowl. That's the color of the Super Bowl logo. Remember the last three years? The color I, I, predicted the teams. You're right. I'm telling you. 49ers, Ravens, Super Bowl. Count it. They're telling Book us. It. They've given us the script. All right, we're back tomorrow. Bet MGM tonight. That's a wrap. Another show is in the books. We'll be right back here tomorrow at 7 p.m. Eastern for the next winning edition of Bet MGM Tonight, live from BetQL.